Hello everyone and welcome to episode 139 of Two Left Thumbs, your weekly gaming podcast that is now in Feedspot's top 20 Australian gaming podcasts this year. Thank you very much for that. Um, I guess that's your fault because it's about listing and website views and stuff. So um, thanks. It's pretty neat. It kind of surprised me on an idle Tuesday afternoon when I got a notification on Twitter. Pretty awesome. Anyway, you want to hear for that. My name is Puppies. Joining me today, it's Jason Smith. How you doing, man? Not too bad. Yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's 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 getting late for me today, but um, I've had a good day off. Um, not no work today, which has been kind of nice. Um, just kind of chilling around the house, and the kids are back at school now, so I don't have them screaming around, running around causing chaos, which is also nice. A nice quiet day. It's good. It is good. Let's have our uh, have our catch up conversation and pretend that we didn't just talk pleasantries like five minutes before. Oh right, exactly. We, we totally didn't make small talk like thirty seconds ago before this started. Yeah. It's, it's fine, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> would you like to mention the collectibles again? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I have that exact yeah. same stormtrooper figure. That's crazy. I should have gone and grabbed oh, him before yeah. we started. That would have been a, a much better decision. Yeah, that's right. It's fine. We're all about bad decisions here. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to apologize in advance for my overall redness. I took a very hot shower this morning, and since that was a whopping 10 minutes ago, uh, my body's still recovering from that a little bit. Ah, so, I'll, if, I'll, I, if, I'll... if I look flush, it's not anything you did. Um, I'm not I'm not crushing on you too hard over here or anything like that. Just, uh, just warm. Very warm. Oh, I, was, I was starting to read into that, too. Damn. Uh, <laughs> It's alright. If I open the right browser, I I I turn into a ghost. So, you know, it's a whole thing. So, um, for folks listening at home, um, who are you and and what do you do? Uh, so I'm Jason Smith, as you said, or Jsaws, if you follow me on Twitter, and I am the developer of Cultic and also the everything else on Cultic because uh, it's kind of a kind of a one man show. Um, but that's 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 who I am, at least in regards to why I'm here on the show today. I imagine. Yeah, totally. Um, I was I was hoping to get some deep dark secrets as well, but we'll get into that later. Um, so, Cultic, how did how did how did it start? What was where did the idea come from? So, like most of the folks who are into the retro shooter scene now, you know, I grew up playing, uh, you know, Doom and build engine games and and Dark Forces and stuff like that on my dad's computer, and uh, so those were you know a very early uh, gaming experience for me. And it was always something that I, I wanted to do because I started messing around with game development when I was in like like fifth grade or so. But of course, I was just using like Game Maker 5 and uh, like sprites that I would download slash steal from the Internet. And so I obviously wasn't anywhere near making, you know, like a 3D game. And um, and so it was always kind of something that stayed in the back of my mind. And then after I played Blood for the first time, um, which was probably when I was in like middle school, um, I was like, they like really resonated with me, like everything about it really clicked. And I was like, I really want to make a game like this someday. But I, you know, I was, wasn't even into the 3D space. I actually didn't start 3D game development until 2016 it was the first time I ever messed with um, like modeling or, or uh, like working in a 3D engine or anything like that. And it was all just 2D up to that point. Um, and so I had this kind of idea for a storyline and for gameplay for Cultic. Um, but I just, <clears throat> excuse me, I just kind of sat on it because I didn't have the skills to make to make it what I wanted it to be. And there were a few times after 2016 when I was in the 3D game development market where I tried to like start it, but um, either like I couldn't get the movement feeling right, or most often I couldn't get the art feeling right. Like I couldn't nail down an art style that I really liked. Um, and so I just kept like putting it back on the back burner um, and then just kind of refine the story whenever I would have new ideas for it. And um, and then, you know, if you like the first couple of tweets about Cultic were just like some sprite work. Um, and I had I was actually working on a uh, a different project. I actually had an idea for kind of like a like a cryptid hunting kind of game, um, just kind of like an open space like game where you get dropped in. It was I was following all of my phasmophobia hype because I had been playing that for pretty much the entire end of 2020. And I was like, I really like the like investigation part of this game, but I wish I had more of like like a, a combat aspect, like more of a fighting back. And so I had this idea for a game where you would like 
um, you know, basically have like a daytime hunting phase of looking for clues for like whatever cryptid was in the area. And then you would, and then you'd use what you had gathered to determine what equipment you would bring back for the nighttime phase when you would actually hunt it. And I was like, I'm going to do like a, like a PS1 aesthetic for this. Cause that's, you know, easier to work with as a solo developer, um, and kind of more in line with my skill set where it's at. And, uh, and so I modeled that lever action rifle and, and a quick little like first person rig for it. And then, um, out of curiosity, I was like, because I had, I had just gotten into using pallets in A-Spray um, for a different project, and I was like, I wonder what it would look like if I just like like threw this into a, into A-Spray, like rendered it out to a 2D sprite instead of a 3D model, and then converted it into a color palette um, just for giggles, and, and like it it looked great, and I was like, uh-oh, I think this is it. And so I like did some cleanup work on it and like did a couple animations and then ran a test um, with a, a cultist model that I had from an old project, actually the last time that I tried to get cultic off the ground. Um, and and that looks pretty good too. And then so that's kind of where it all started. Like I posted those sprites on Twitter and like it got a good amount of of uh, of engagement right off the bat. And so that was it. It was time to start moving on that project. Nice, nice. So you, you kind of um something you've been working on for a while. Um, you mentioned a few other side gigs. So have you have you worked in any other game development, or is it always just kind of like a solo project thing for you? It's always just been um, a hobby thing for me. I've never done it professionally. So um, it's I've always I <laughs> I went to school to be a graphic designer, uh, photographer, videographer, that kind of stuff. Did that for like five years, um, and then switched over to like a technology role. Um, working more with computers and like software support and stuff like that. Um, and I did that for a few years until now. And I'm actually now working on Cultic full time. I just two weeks ago, I left my day job uh, to start this terrifying, uh, financially insecure new chapter of my life. Ah, uh, yes, the um, the, the wonderful rollercoaster that it is game development. Um, I'm, I'm, I can imagine that it can be absolutely terrifying, like kind of staring down the barrel of absolutely no no financial security and just going all in on something that you've kind of been working on on and off for your entire life as a one-man show um you know doing everything that's involved with the game from from art to kind of building the world and creating the story uh what are some of the things you've struggled with and found challenging throughout the development process um the biggest thing has been probably um, art and then level design, which are two areas that like, like my art skills are for like 3D are very much still developing. Um, I feel like like every time I make a model, um, it's you know better than the last one, and I kind of it's actually to the point where like pretty soon I'm probably going to have to redo a lot of the early models for Cultic just because like I've gotten better at at modeling like humanoid characters, so I need to redo the cultists because they look really bad as like a 3D model. Um, and so the art is something that's just like still developing as I try to like get a get a good feel for the art style of Cultic, um, and then just kind of like some of the art assets aren't entirely consistent right now, and I would like them to be. Um, right. And then and then definitely level design because like all of my previous experience with game development, I was doing a lot of like um, I was doing a lot of uh, like uh, like roguelite games, and so you're building like randomly generated levels, and so you're effectively just designing like set pieces rather than actual like fully fleshed out levels and so um you know I, i'm going from like designing tiny little rooms and, and you can design like small interesting set pieces and then you just let the dungeon generator stitch them all together um but now i'm having to design you know like fully fledged levels like fleshed out traversable explorable areas and that's something that was totally new to me um and so like the demo map for cultic has changed a ton since its first iterations um and it will probably change more as i because that's gonna be one of those things like my art style where the more levels i develop the more i'm learning um and the better i'm getting at you know putting those pieces together and making levels that are interesting to explore and have you know secrets and and you know don't feel like there's a lot of backtracking and stuff like that so those are probably like the biggest learning like learning curves for me i would say um the rest of it I enjoy, like, you know, get, getting to the actual, like, coding part, as long as it's not doing, like, menus and save systems, which are the worst, um, is fun. And then, like, what, doing the music and audio is fun. difficult than anything else? Because um, it's just, like, I don't know. Like, a lot of my coding experience is very much um, just from, like, that Game Maker era where you're just kind of, like mainly coding like object behaviors and enemy behaviors and, and bullet behaviors. And so then getting in and doing menus is a whole different ballgame because then you're having to like 
you know, you're having to pull in um, like input output from the system and you're having to deal with like different file systems. And you're having to do consideration for is somebody going to navigate this using a mouse and keyboard or a, a controller or, you know, just their keyboard or they can completely skip the mouse. And so it's just, well, that's one of those like first things you have to start considering other people's hardware and how they're going to be accessing things. Um, and so that's probably, I don't I, I imagine that's probably what makes it such a huge pain in the ass, but uh, yeah, I really don't like working on menus. It's not fun at all. Yeah, um, I think uh, menus, menus are, I mean, I know nothing about game development. And menus are one of those things you don't really, as a player, you don't really think about too much because it's just like, oh, you, you click on the thing, you go to the thing, it's fine. You know, it's it's very, very simple feedback from a player's perspective. But um, it's interesting to hear, like, it, there's a lot more, it's a lot more complex in the, the coding side of things. Um, again, not knowing anything about game development or coding at all. I just, I just like playing games. Uh, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's um, and then you get into then you get into game development, which um, you know, I'm I'm sure there's there's quite a bit of that with bug testing. Yeah, but in that case, I am the support agent and the developer, so I can actually fix things when they're broken. So I don't just have to get yelled at by clients when things are broken. So it's a nice change of pace. I mean, that's good too. I mean, you've got that direct line of connection with yourself too. I guess you can just like, oh, hey, there's a problem here. We um, I can fix that now, <laughs> as opposed to like um, like traditional game development where there's more more than one one person, and it's um, you know, you've you've got to go through through the chain of like, it's got to go to this person, go to this person, get approved, come back through the chain. Um, I imagine that'd be quite freeing. It's uh, it's nice and it's not nice at the same time because it's like if there's a bug, I can fix it. But if there's a bug, I have to fix it. It's just like <laughs> I can't pass it off to anybody else. If my menus aren't working, it's uh, it's it's me. I have to deal with it. Yeah. Um. I suppose it's like you gotta look at you. Gotta, oh, look, I can I, I can end my work day today. I'll I'll come back to that tomorrow. That's right. Uh. That's, right. that's what I'm honestly. That's what I'm most excited about about um not having like a rigid eight to five anymore is that, you know, if I wake up in the morning and, you know, I'm just like my anxiety is super high and I just like can't work in that moment, I can just, you know, take an hour or two, play some games, read some articles and then start working when I, when I'm feeling better and then just work a little later into the night if I need to, or if I need to take a day off for, you know, mental health or, you know, the dentist or anything like that, I can actually do that, which is great. Um, the job I just left, I was like me and one other guy working, like basically doing support for like four different softwares at once and so like if one of us was out sick the other person's day just turned into a train wreck so we like couldn't take time off it was awful so i'm really really glad to be out of that the money was nice um the money. the lack yeah, of a soul candy. was not nice yeah <laughs> um so while, while, we're, while we're following that rabbit hole like work-life balance before you kind of quit to, to full time um how was that trying to kind of develop a game on the side while Charles are trying to pay your bills? Uh, well, there's that. It's kind of hard to describe a work life balance when there's no life there. Um, <laughs> it was basically like eight, eight to five was my day job. And then, you know, like leading up to realms deep, like five to 11 was working on Cultic. You know, it was just like, uh, like I had, I had a deadline and I had a lot of stuff to do. And, um, and so it's, you know, getting the burnout was very real. It was just like, there's no free time to really do anything. And if I did decide to take an evening off to go like hang out with friends or hang out with my girlfriend or something, then it was like, you know, I'm just like sitting there the whole time thinking like, I really should be working on Cultic right now. Like, uh, so I'm really excited to be able to actually put, you know, put work down and, you know, enjoy some free time. That's going to be really nice. Um, but again, the money, that's gonna, I have to start budgeting a lot smarter. I have to stop buying guns on a whim whenever I feel like it. And I have to start, stop doing things like that. Yeah. I imagine, um, things, things, things will get tighter, but I mean, surely like it'll, it'll get a lot better. Um, so going, you're going full time. Um, this is because you've now picked up uh, a publisher, correct? Right. Yep. Um, tell us about that. So, um, gosh, this would have been like May of may of this year like all i had done on cultic at that point was like uh the first set of like axe cultist sprites and just like a small little chunk of terrain it was actually the like the mass grave that you wake up in but like just the terrain there's like nothing else um 
And then, like, the player, I think I had, like, the hatchet and the lever action implemented. It was a very small, like, project at that point. Um, I was still, like, trying to figure out how I wanted it to feel and how I wanted it to look. Um, and then and then Fred from 3D Realms, mess or from Slipgate, messages me. And um, and he's just like, hey, we, you know, we want to we wanna chat with you about Cultic. And I had had a couple of different um, people message me at that point, just, like, asking about the projects. Like, oh, this looks like blood. It's really exciting. And so I f figured it was that because at the time I didn't know who Fred was. Uh, but then I looked, but then I looked him up and I saw he was from 3D Realms and I was like, uh oh, this is probably like, I, I assumed at that point they were just excited because it was like a retro shooter. Um, and then, you know, so I get, you know, I, uh, since they're all in Denmark, this, it was a very early morning meeting. I got up at like, it's like six in the morning and we hopped on a discord at like seven and, um, and it was just Fred and a couple of folks from from 3d realms and they were just like talking about how cool they thought cultic looked and and uh they were like we really want to make this a, a 3d realms game and i was like sorry what <laughs> like <laughs> this is this is this is i mean it's this, this game is literally just like 16 sprites and a, and a small chunk of terrain like that's all the game is right now and you guys are like and they're like oh no like we, we think it's really got some promise and and they wanted to they wanted to publish it and they wanted to see what they could do to support me and that was i mean it's i mean it's been my dream to be like a game developer since i was like 10 so that was i'm 29 now i'm very old uh and so i was like you've got years yet you're fine I was like, what? What is happening? And so I just, the, you know, the imposter syndrome in me, I was like, well, I was like, I mean, that's obviously a very, very tantalizing offer, but I don't feel like the game is in a state right now where I should be making any deals because I don't even know like if it's going to be playable or fun. And so I, you know, we, so we, uh, we basically scheduled like at the end of April. So like a month and change from where we were then I was like, I'll, I'm going to put together like a one level demo for you guys. I'm going to actually flesh the game out a bit more. Um, and I'll let you play that. And if you still are interested, then we can talk. Cause I didn't want to be like, Oh yeah, you can, you can, you know, let's, let's make us a 3d realms game when I could literally just you know, give up on it the next day because, uh, you know, so I wanted to be a little more sure that the project was going somewhere before I made that big of a step. And so I just like crunched hard on it and added in like all of the weapons and a couple more enemies and then built the demo level, which is about like half of the size that it is now. Um, and then like got that ready for them. And that, it was a super janky demo. It was very buggy. There was no saving, no checkpoints. Um, but it you know it worked and it was playable and it kind of gave you a feel for like the the gunplay and everything and uh and so we, we met back up and they played it and they're like yeah we're still on board so and then the rest is history nice. but so i will say there's been like the two <laughs> the two hardest days of work i've ever had at like my day job was the morning that i had my first 3d realms meeting just like having to go to my day job after that and then uh, the day after Realms Deep, like the day after the Cultic demo dropped and everybody, you know, they announced it was a 3D Realms game. And I had, you know, people on YouTube making videos about Cultic and people messaging me on Twitter all over. And then I had to go to my day job and like first thing in the morning was just like getting yelled at by angry clients. And I'm like, yeah, this ain't it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I'm really glad that I'm really glad that we were able to turn this into a full time thing because it was like like the hype was real at that point. Um, but yeah, so I still, the 3D Realms thing is still, it's very exciting. I've got, you know, like 16 more discords that I'm a part of than I used to. So every time I hear the discord sound, it's kind of a, a mad hunt to try to figure out where the, where that notification was coming from. <laughs> um, but it's cool. Like, you know, I'm, I'm getting to work as a game developer and it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Cause I'm getting, you know, I'm a bit of a control freak, which is why I'm a solo developer. And so like, it's nice that I'm getting to work on Cultic by myself, um, at the moment and like, you know, kind of make sure that everything aligns to my vision. But then, you know, being a part of 3D Realms also means that I kind of get to see like what things look like on the back end. And like, I get to see, you know, like talking about like marketing for Cultic or like planning things out for it. And I get to see how all of that works at like a real game developer. And it's it's really cool. It's it's a, it's it's like all the best parts of being in the industry without like the AAA crunch or, you know, the micromanagement of like a bigger studio. So it's it's been really cool. That's awesome. Um... And and yeah, you know, three and and realms realms been quite a notable notable place for for um old school shooters as well, you know, Duke Nukem and stuff like that. Um, that would be that'd be fucking exciting, man. I'm I'm happy for you. That's that's amazing. Um, so like, were there any changes? Like I said, like there's obviously you're going full time now. Uh, were there any like major changes um from solo to working under three D realms? Um, not so far, really. Um, the biggest thing was um 
leading up to Realms Deep, uh, Fred kind of asked me if I could uh, tone down my Twitter a little bit because I was posting like every day. I was like, hey, look at this thing I added. Look at this thing I added. <laughs> um, and he and he wanted there to be a few more surprises when people finally like saw the demo in action. Um, so I had to go from like posting once a day to posting like like once a month or posting like really minor things. Um, and so that was probably the only really big change. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure they would prefer that I let them uh, help me with the game a little bit more, but um, I'm just not ready for that yet. I really want to get like the first like chapter of the game done and really have it be all all in house, all under my belt, so I can kind of you know mold the game into what I want it to be. And then when it's you know like a really solid picture of what the gameplay should look like, of what the art should look like, of what the level design should be, then I think I'd be more comfortable with bringing people onto the team. Um, but as as it is right now, like I'm, I'm not even a hundred percent sure like what everything is going to look like in Cultic, so it's impossible for me to act as like a director, you know, to other to other staff members helping because like I right. don't know, I don't know yet, I don't know what all the enemies are going to be, I don't know what all the levels are going to look like. So until I kind of have that more established, I think it's going to be unfair to bring other people on because it's going to be a lot of me just kind of shrugging and be like, I don't know, let's make it look cool. Like <laughs> that's kind of what I'm doing right now, make this it fun, make it look cool. I'm, I'm figuring it out and then you end up with someone else's interpretation in your game so hang on that's that's not quite what i wanted and that i imagine that would cause some issues um yeah. it's really cool. so I'm, I'm glad to see like you're just like you're very you're very grounded and like you're, I, I need i need to know what i'm doing first before i can like just run with this too far because if we get too far down the track it's gonna um it's gonna ruin what we've got going on here which is which is really respectable so um thank you for being one of those people that give a shit about where things are going it's it's kind of nice <laughs> <laughs> my anxiety won't let me be any other way oh, so yes. classic classic anxiety you um you love to hate it um so so going going forward i mean you're still you're still fleshing out the game quite a bit i'm not here to probe you about details that you can't tell people but what what's what's the plan um plan going forward you know uh, from here um, so right now it's just getting like the first chapter of the game done, I think like the first episode, so to speak. Um, then that's just going to involve kind of getting the rest of the enemies done, um, you know, that I want to have in the first chapter and designing out the levels and just kind of getting all the system stuff in place. Like I, I spent most of last week finally getting like the save load system working so I can actually have like quick saves and not force people to use checkpoints all the time. Um, and then just kind of using the the folks in the community that have downloaded the demo have been a great resource for like playtesting, um, and it's kind of nice because it's like I'm not giving I'm not giving them like a I'm not giving them a full game, um, you know, and so I don't charge you know I'm not charging for the demo or anything like that. Um, but enough people are excited about it and you know like playing the demo that it's a you know it's a nice source of you kind of get like the upsides of early access of like getting people to test and kind of give feedback on stuff, but then you're also not charging people for it. So you don't, you know, you don't risk like building that distrust where somebody buys your product and then isn't satisfied with it. And as a demo, they can just say, Hey, I didn't really like this. Um, but as something that they paid for, they're like, I didn't like this. So I'm going to give it a bad review or I'm, you know, I, I feel cheated or I feel like, I, you know, I need to get a refund for this. So it's kind of a nice, like low pressure way to approach that. Um, and so it's going to be, I have I have a, uh, kind of a big Halloween update planned that I'm pretty excited about, uh, but I'm not going to say anything about right now um, other than wow. just, you know, Halloween. Um, and I, I'm hoping that that kind of gets some more some more stuff into the game that I want people to test out so I can get feedback on. And I think the feedback on those mechanics will probably be enough to drive it forward until the end of the first chapter. Um, and then from there, who knows, you know, if it, if it really blows up after the first chapter, then, you know, I'm I've got a ton of levels planned out, perfectly content to keep churning stuff out. Um, or maybe it'll be a giant flop and I'll have to go back to uh, a full-time job. But, you know, we're not going to think about that. We're going to be optimistic. No, 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 I mean, we're going to say that, it's, it's going to be a smash hit. Right. It's going to be fantastic. I mean, like, as I, as I said, I've played it and it's, it's a lot of fun. And you saying Halloween, like, updates, I'm like, oh, that could be, that could be so much fun. Because <laughs> it's already got, like, that, that very kind of spooky vibe to it with, like, the kind of the way things are, the way things are colored and textured and the whole theme around it as well. Um, you know, there's, there's a certain, there's a certain chill in the air when you wake up in a mass grave and go, oh, shit, how the fuck did I get here? Uh, yeah. Um, happens to the best of us yeah right it's typical for, it's typical sunday morning you wake up after a massive weekend out you're in a mass grave it's like okay um cool where am i and why are the cultists and there's a convenient axe here 
Sunday morning in a mass grave? Are you trying to take this into a political direction? Well, <laughs> little little deep religious conversation. I wasn't ready for that. I'm gonna have to go get a different drink. Yeah, yeah. Let's um, we we may need something a little stronger for that. Um, um. So you you've been doing this you've been doing this, working on this spot uh, since twenty twenty sixteen, roughly. I mean, you've been running on the idea for for a long time. Um, right. And you've you've done a few side projects. Is this kind of what? Once you get this done, will it be continuing on this, or you want to think you want to try something else in game development? So I have, oh god, I probably have like no less than six other like game design documents of like games that I want to work on, but I just haven't had the time. Um, and so it's kind of going to depend on the reception of Cultic. Like if people really really like it, then obviously I would have no problem continuing with it. Um, I would love to to do a sequel, probably move into like full 3D, maybe like you know upgrade to, you know like uh, like quake 2 style graphics instead of like 2d stuff or something like that i think it'd be a cool style to explore um but you know by the time cultic's out you know i, I think like the whole boomer shooter uh fad is kind of on the end um on like the end of its swing right now and right. and so you know if cultic, if cultic comes out and it's kind of clear that you know those are going away then maybe you know maybe i'll shift cultic into like a survival horror direction i think that'd be a lot of fun to do um, but i don't know you know it would be it would be great to make a sequel it would be great to do expansions um but i also have other games i'd love to work on um and so like my goal ideally is that you know, a year, you know, a year from now or, or maybe a little more, I, you know, can release chapter one and it sells enough that I don't have to go back to a full-time job, you know, just enough to kind of keep me afloat so that I can continue working on it. Um, and then hopefully that just goes like, I, that's just a perpetual thing, you know, like I can make enough money to keep developing and make another game and make enough money to keep going. Like that's, that's the goal, you know, that's, that's the dream, right? Um, so that, that's kind of what I would like to do. But yeah, so there are other ideas for games I'd like to work on. Uh, I really, really want to develop a VR game at some point. But like right now, Unity's VR support and like the editor is is really, really bad. Like they decided they were, they're like, well, they did the same thing they're doing with their multiplayer right now. They were like, well, we're going to get rid of our in-house solution or we're, we're going to get rid of like these third-party plugins for VR because we're doing our own in-house one. And then they got rid of the third-party ones without releasing their own at least that was the last time i looked at it and right. so like that's, i really want to i really want to do something in vr maybe maybe cultic will get a vr mode in the future maybe that'll be my dive into vr but i'm, I'm a big a big vr supporter i love it so that's, i would love to do a vr game but i have dabbled in it before and it is it is a a huge pain in the ass to do vr development it's like not only from like a testing standpoint because every time i want to test the game i have to like put my headset on and and then like get and stand up and go get oriented and then like test the thing out it's not just like clicking play and then mouse and keyboarding your way through and then like you can't animate anything that the player does and so it's like you know if you're making like a, a hack and slash it's easy you know you you click left on the mouse and then your player plays an animation of swinging the sword and you register a hit at a certain point in that animation it's easy but like with vr i don't know if i give a player a sword i don't know what they're going to do with it like they might swing it they might throw it they might hold it backwards and hit people with the handle they might take big you know big sweeping lunges with a sword or they might like just sit there and wiggle their controller around so it's like you have to like everything has to be like physics based and everything you know it's it's just like it's so much harder to work with unless unless you're going to make something really shallow like a you know like a rail shooter or something like that where you're really just making an arcadey experience so and now you, and now with games like like boneworks and blade and sorcery and half-life alex out there that are all just like phenomenal examples of how to do vr correctly it's like you know i don't even know if there's now it's like when VR was kind of getting on its on its feet and there weren't a lot of AAA titles, it was more tantalizing to be like, oh, I could make a cool VR game. But then everybody went and made cool VR games. And so now it's like, now you've like, I can't top Boneworks. That game's incredible. Like I can't top the quality of Half-Life Alex. And so it's like, it's a little harder to want to get into it now. But anyway, so yeah, I would say like, finish cultic make enough money on that to continue developing full-time and then probably expand cultic a bit, maybe a sequel if people want it. Um, but who knows? Awesome, awesome. Um, so VR games. Um, I'll double back to that in a little bit because I find that interesting because I again know nothing. And you're going from like talking two D to to essentially what four D it counts as VR. Um, imagine yeah, the fourth dimension. Massive, and, a the fourth dimension of... is haptic feedback when you run into a wall in real life. <laughs> Trip over the cord, hit the floor. There's the fourth dimension, just on your nose, bang. That's um, right. So you've obviously played like games like Boneworks and Half-Life Alex and um, all that kind of stuff that really kind of inspired you to kind of look at that space. Um, 
And like you said, it's it's a development hell of trying to figure out what the players are doing. Um, is environmental building um, different? Like I said, like level design and stuff is like, is that different as well? Going in, like doing the kind of similar thing or is it very different with VR? Um, it's the design. <laughs> I mean, I haven't done a whole lot of work with it to say for sure, but just like from a, from like a concept, like a conceptual standpoint, the biggest thing is like trying to figure out how your players are going to traverse the environment. Because like, like the one thing that Boneworks did that was so cool is that, you know, they didn't design their VR environment to be this thing that you played by just teleporting around, you know? Um, it's like, it's a full 3D environment. You can climb on things. Your body is a physics rig. It's like one of my favorite things about Boneworks is the fact that like if you want to climb up on like a ledge you like put your hands on it and you push down and it lifts your player up because you're like a, a physical rig but the problem is that you can't do that for all vr players because some people get super nauseous in vr and so like it's one of those things where you run this like this risk reward scenario where you can make a game like boneworks that's like super immersive and super or gives the player a ton of freedom but you're also going to alienate players who need like teleportation movement because they get too nauseous but like you can't play boneworks with teleportation movement it doesn't work like the whole game breaks down um whereas and then you have games like 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 skyrim where the environment designs more like uh how do we change this so that we aren't making vr players puke and skyrim vr kind of screw that up by starting the game in the cart moving sideways in vr and it's like so the game starts and you're like oh cool i'm gonna throw up now um and so yeah i think like the environment design you mainly just have to look at like how are people going to move through this environment like is our game designed around needing to climb and jump and swing and or is it something that can be, you know, very like like is it more like a walking simulator kind of path where we're not expecting the player to to run and jump a whole lot? Like um like Saints and Sinners, I would say, is designed more like a walking simulator where everything is pretty much like like roads and stairs. You know, there's not a whole there's not a whole lot of platforming, there's not a whole lot of verticality because that kind of stuff is hard to do in VR without making people puke. So um, but both games are very good, but they're very different games, you know. And like, and like Half Life Alex, Half Life Alex is the same way. Where like, like I made the mistake of playing Boneworks before I played Half Life Alex, which really negatively affected my experience because like Half Life Alex looks great and like mechanically it feels great to play. But going from Boneworks, where you can like climb and run and jump on everything to Half-Life Alex, where you have environments that like all I want to do is like climb around and look inside things and like and explore, but then you are very limited to this one track. Like you can't jump around. Um, you know, like going through windows is just like teleporting through them. Going up and down ladders is just teleporting up and down them. Um, and so it's like, but that's the way those environments were designed. Like they were designed to keep the players from having to run and jump. There's not a whole lot of, you know, it, it's not like Half-Life 1. You're not crouch jumping all over the place. You know, you're not doing first-person platforming all over the place. So um, I think it's just like what kind of experience you're wanting to design for the player and whether or not that experience results in them running to the bathroom in 30 minutes to stick their head in the toilet, you know? Um, so speaking of, speaking of player traversal, um in in my in my infinite research i was um i was watching a few speed runs of cultic um did you did you expect any of that to happen well i knew that like when i made like the slide for example i was like i don't really want to limit this because i think people could use it for speed running and then like when i put the dodge in i was like i could put a cooldown on this but i think it's more fun to see how what people would use it for you know how they would use it for like speed running um and it's kind of one of those things that's like like you can take those things out you can put limits on them but like it was one of those things that was like like you know i'll, I'll know that cultic has made it when people start speed running it and when there's rule 34 of it like those, that's how you know your game has made it right um yep. and so speed running has already happened and like somebody like literally pointed out to me that like cultic has like a speed running category on on one of these like speed run tracker sites and and it's like it, it's cool like it's like it's it's not just so much like people like breaking the game or abusing game mechanics, but it's like the fact that people care enough about your game to do that. Like they're like, I like this game enough that I'm going to see how fast, how, how fast, how fast I can beat it. How little time do I need to spend with this game? Which maybe that's, maybe that's telling me something else that they don't want to spend much time in it. But you know, just like, <laughs> I mean, like, like you, you, you have to enjoy a game in order to, to want to get back in there and like, see how you can optimize your runs. Right. And so I have to imagine it's one of those things that like, like that's just like, I guess a sign that the movement in cultic like feels good that like, people enjoy the movement system and it doesn't feel it's not it's not annoying or cumbersome to move around the game world otherwise i would assume that speedrunning would would be terrible and, and, and a, a huge pain in the butt but i don't know maybe people just are chasing the leaderboards and it has less to do with the game quality but no it was very exciting it was also great that like 
it was like day one too. I mean, it was it was like before the Realms Deep announcement. Wow. I think even there was like already a speed run up, and I hadn't even announced that the demo was out yet. So, which was a, a fun story. They were hunting itself, for something but... fresh then, well, jeez. Yeah, that was that was crazy because like I I had never released the game on Steam before, and I was really paranoid that like you know, we were going to have this Realms Deep trailer and it was going to be like, you know, a cultic demo available now. And then it was going to be like, JK, demo not available now because I screwed something up in the publishing or whatever. Um, and so I was like, I asked um, I asked 3D Realms if I could, if we could publish it quietly Friday morning so that I would have all of Friday to like, to test it, to test the demo, to make sure it ran properly, to make sure I had uploaded the build properly um, and just to make sure it looked correct on the store and like I could preview everything. And so we did and like, you know, it was it it you know it's not it wasn't like first sale, so it doesn't show up in like Steam's catalog. It doesn't show up on like 3D Realms' like publisher catalog. The only way to find it is to specifically go to the search bar and type in Cultic and look for it. Like that's the only way you could have found it. And like, so this is like 8:30 in the morning on Friday, and I I had just sent it live, and I was like in the middle of testing it, and one of my friends messages me, and they're like they're like I just saw somebody tweet about Cultic, congratulations, and I was like what? She's like, yeah, someone someone just said they loved the demo. And I was like, how the hell did they already find out about the demo? And so I go and I look and like, sure enough, someone's already. And I was like, okay, that's fine. It's just one guy. He doesn't have any like many followers. Like, it'll be all right. And then um, and then like two other people who both had like 50 and 70,000 followers respectively were like, oh, my God, the Cultic demo's out. And I was like, shit, like the <laughs> This is bad. And so I'm like messaging with 3D Realms. I'm like, well, what do we want to do about this? Like, was you know, like, do you want me to take it down or like, like, should we just like, like, I thought it was kind of cool that like hype was building organically. Like I didn't say anything about it and I like wasn't acknowledging it. So we decided to just like leave it alone and not acknowledge that the demo was out, not respond to anything. Um, but it was, excuse me, it was tough, you know, cause like people are like speculating and asking questions and like messaging me. And I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. And so like I went all day, didn't say anything about it. And then I went out, my like nerves were completely fried. I was like, my anxiety was just out of control. And so I was like, I'm going to go out and drink with some friends and just try not to worry about tomorrow. And so I went out, had a couple margaritas and then tweeted. <laughs> I was like, I tweeted a photo of like an open like screen door. And I was like, oh, uh, has anybody seen the cultic demo? I left my door open and I think it got out. <laughs> and I apparently thought that was really funny at the time. Uh, <laughs> but and it was cool. It was just, you know, it was like, but like by noon, I think like by noon on Friday, like I think Alpha Beta Gamer had already done a video on it. And I was like, good Lord, like that's such a quick turnaround. And then like by the end of the day, somebody had already done a speed run and it was, it was nuts. It was like this, this silent release turned into just like, like a bunch of hype. And people were like, wait a second, this is listed on Steam as a 3D Realms game. Like, is this a 3D Realms game? And then people are like messaging me like, hey, did 3D Realms pick you up? Like, and then I can't say anything about it because I was like, nope. I, my, my my lips are sealed until tomorrow, so and it was it was so liberating after Realms Deep to finally be able to just talk about it and be like, yeah, nope, this is the the big secret I've been holding in for, you know, like five months now. Just like spent the last five months pretending, no, my dreams aren't coming true. What are you talking about? That's crazy. That must so. be the hardest thing to do. I can't imagine how you done that. Uh, <laughs> I, I would have spent it was the awful to, to somebody. It, it was did awful. you tell anybody at all? Like anyone at home or anything, or, or did you just keep it dead silent? Uh, I mean, like, like my girlfriend and a couple of my like, like child, like my best friends that have known me for forever wow. and have been around for my entire game development career, uh, career, they, I mean, they knew about it. Um, but I was very, you know, like I didn't, didn't tell anybody that I didn't have like the utmost trust in. Um, and then there, you know, and then there were some folks that helped me like play test it at a time and they had, they had like signed like, you know, like the whole NDA to, to play test the game. And so, um, but I mean, it was, it was a very, a very small pool of people and like, even like outside of like my parents i think like even my family i was just like yeah there's some big stuff coming but i can't really talk about it because i've seen your facebook so i don't trust any of you <laughs> oh no there's there's nothing there's nothing more there's, there's nothing more dangerous than a proud parent uh especially yeah. when you're trying to keep a secret <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I was I was like I'm gonna tell you this, but like if you if you want my dreams to continue to flourish, you have to not tell anybody. You have to keep this between us. But you know, luckily I think most of my most of my parents and their friends and family don't you know they don't know anything about video games, so they'd be like they'd be like I don't know what a 3D realm is, but I'm I'm happy for you. Well, well done. It, it, uh, is it better than a 2D realm? Uh, yeah, slightly. Um, so what's what's the process like of uploading onto Steam like a game? Uh, something I've never really even thought about before. 
It's it's honestly a little archaic, um, and it's kind of surprising that with you know with Steam's infinite resources and uh, and like expertise of staff that it's not a more fluid process. Um, and I kind of wonder if it's the way it is to like to weed out like some of the shovelware. You know, like if they make the process a little more obtuse for getting. But it's like like you have to you have to like become like a like a uh, like join the partner program for steam um which i don't think that's what they call it i think that's what nintendo calls it but they have like the same thing like you have to like be a developer with steam um which costs money and then you have to like set up the actual store entity for the game and that involves like putting together 900 different icons because it's like oh you need the like library image large library image icon library hero image like community background community header like steam icon taskbar icon so there's like all these different images you have to put together for it and those all have to be approved and then you have to like come up with all the copy for the game and put the store page together and go through all of like the rating stuff for you know, like overseas countries that have different rating boards than like the uh, the esrb um and you have to like go through and there's like all these like uh, surveys you have to do about like the graphic and sexual content of your game and and it's just like which is funny because it's like there's no nudity but you can blow people's heads apart so like it's you know violence yes sex no <laughs> violence yes very yes um and then you and then you like put together like a depot for your game, which is, you know, it's just like where all the files are stored. Um, and then you can create different builds of the game from there and you can create like beta branches. And that part's really fun. I really like the beta branch feature. Cause it's like, I can, if I have a new build of the game that I want people to play, but I don't want to upload it over the base build in case something is broken, I can be like, Hey, I put this new weapon in the beta build, um, but it might break everything. So like go test it there instead of, you know, having it override the main branch. Um, but that's like, that's the, honestly, like the super stressful part is it's just like, like, as soon as I push a build live, it goes to everybody. And so it's like, I test it on my computer and I send it to our little, you know, the little testing team that I have through 3d realms. And we, you know, we make sure everything works right on our end. But like, as soon as you push it live, like it goes to everybody. And so I immediately like sit there and just like refresh steam over and over and over again, waiting for the download to come through. And then I try to be like the first one to test it once it goes live. And I've only had like one time where I like butchered something and it was broken and I was like, oh shit. And then I had, you know, I just really quickly went and fixed it. Um, but the nice thing is if your game, if your game total is under two gigs, um, you can just upload it directly to Steam's backend as a build. Um, if it's uh, if it's above that, you have to do like an FTP thing and you have to like set up uh, Steam command prompt and you have to like upload everything that way. And I haven't done that yet, but I'm going to have to eventually. But it, I mean, it's a lot of steps. It's not too bad once you get used to it. And like once you figure out how everything goes, but like looking at it, to start out with it's, it's a nightmare especially like all the different library images and oh it was like an entire afternoon of just photoshop and the cultic logo and just like making hundreds of these little icons and different and oh it's exhausting but uh but it's nice once it's done it's like you see your thing on your game on steam and it's like it's there like it's on steam and it's all your screenshots are there and all this it's it's really surreal like the first time you see your game on steam it's crazy so but yeah that's 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 steam in a nutshell i guess steam in a nutshell um so steam is wonderful to upload on uh speedrunners uh ruining your game already not ruining it but enjoying it thoroughly uh <laughs> what are you looking forward to um now that the demo's up and i mean obviously full release is on the horizon um at, at some point once you once you get into it but what's kind of next step um i'm really i'm really looking forward to um the point where i've got all of the like all of the tools i need to start building levels done like i like getting all the enemies finished up getting like the save load system finished and working properly getting all of the weapons that i want to add added so i can stop like because like like t building levels takes forever when every like 10 minutes i'm oh shit i need to model a new tree oh shit i have to model this i have to model that i have to go fix this oh i haven't made doors work yet i need to make doors work and so it's like it's building levels takes forever when you don't have the tools to do it because um, you're having to stop and like like oh i don't have a script for making fires burn the player yet and if i want to have hazards i have to go code that and so i think it'll be really nice like I, th I think a lot of that stuff will be in place with like the halloween update which will which will be good and then i can like use all those tools to start pushing ahead but i don't think it'll really be at like content lock until probably the end of the first chapter. And even then, I'll, if, it's, if something sounds cool and there's room for it in the game, then I'll probably keep adding it. But that's really what I want to get to. Because right now I'm just like, 
my my to-do list is massive like i really want to just barrel ahead with levels because that's where i feel like you know like until i have more levels done i'm going to feel like the game is super far from completion which it is but like there's so many other things that need to be done first you know i've got all these bugs i want to fix all these enemy behaviors i want to balance all these things i want to add and i really just want to make that list smaller and so i and then i can just move forward it's like i want to put an enemy here i want to put this gun there i want to add this here and all those things are done so i don't have to stop and go make that thing first i can just put it there um, so that's kind of, I really like to get out of this kind of in unstable, constantly adding new features thing and kind of get to the point where all I'm doing is just like building levels and I have all the tools to do that. That's kind of like the point that I'm looking forward to getting to, but I have no idea how far away that is. Like I could easily be like <laughs> middle of next year for all I know, but I'm also kind of gauging everything based on my, my previous part-time work on the game. And now that I'm working on a full-time I'm hoping that that goes a lot faster and that I'm not getting burned out every two weeks and having to take like some time off. So um, that's hopefully that's something that happens sooner than later. Uh, but we'll we'll have to see. Yeah, I've um, I've seen I've seen on your Twitter you've been working on um on molotovs and explosives quite a bit lately. Um, how fun is that? Uh, the Molotovs are fun, uh, doing the fire simulations to get all the, cause like all of the fire sprites and stuff like that. I did myself. I just did a fire, a really basic fire simulation in Blender, but like, damn it, those take forever to render like good Lord. And then if something's wrong, I have to clear, I have to clear out the baked data and do it again. And I just have so much more appreciation for people who do like, like full length computer graphics like feature films and stuff like that because good lord almighty like stim like simulating one person being on fire kills my computer i can't imagine like simulating like oceans and like like marvel scale like battles and stuff like that it's crazy but yeah i mean it's it was one of those things that was like i want to add fire to the game i, I had gone back and played because i was i was initially like i don't know if i really need fire to be in the game and i was like i don't remember how much of a role it really played in the original blood because like but then i went back and i played it again kind of specifically with my eyes peeled for how much does this fire play into blood and, and play into how blood feels as the game and playing through it again with like a focus on that it's it's a lot like you there's a lot of setting enemies up for like flare kills and and, and a lot of like you know deciding how you're going to kill an enemy based on like you know like gargoyles like they're weak to fire so like you know if, if you're not wanting to waste a whole bunch of shells on them like just hitting them with a few flares and then peppering them with you know the the tommy gun to soften them up until they catch on fire it's a big part of the game and so i was like it's really nuanced and it feels like there are ways to play the game that aren't just running in there with a shotgun and i was like i think i kind of want to do that but if i'm going to do it i need to do it right like i don't want to just have like you know like the thing i had before was just like these damaging fire particles that would like stick to any object they touched and it was a really cheap way of doing fire damage but i you know if i'm going to do it i'm going to do it right so i'm going to have every enemy is going to have their own burning sprite and fire is going to have a proper like particle system for like propagating fire and spreading and then enemies are going to have like burning thresholds and burning resistances and so like some, some enemies are more you know are weaker to fire than others and so it's like one of those things if i'm going to do it I'm going to do it the hard way. And so, uh, and, and I think it's paid off. Like, I think the Molotovs are really fun to use. I think fire looks great in game. The Molomite is, is ridiculously overpowered. Um, but it's one of those things that is really exciting looking for, because now I can look at like, well, maybe, maybe the grenade launcher needs, needs heat shells. And maybe, you know, maybe there's going to be room for a flamethrower weapon in the game, or, you know, maybe I need to have barrels that are full of, you know, like gasoline instead of, you know, like, well, I guess they're probably explosive barrels, but you know, barrels that make fire instead of explosions kind of stuff. And then the lanterns right, yeah. create proper fire particles now. So the lanterns are a lot more fun to use. Um, and so, and now I can, you know, I can design enemies around kind of this fire mechanic of, um, you know, so it's, it's really exciting as a mechanic moving forward, but it was definitely, it was a ton of work to get it to where it is already. And it was probably like most of September, I think I probably spent working on fire. It was like just the entire month was say, just like I was fire. To ask you how long it had taken, because um, uh, like you said, if it's if it's killing your computer every time you render something, that's that's what was like a eight to nine hour process there. Yeah, well, it's not. So I wouldn't say it's that bad. It was maybe like you know, rendering a full set of enemy sprites before would maybe take like thirty seconds, but with all of the fire simulations in there, it takes like you know five to six minutes, which isn't you know not. Let's go upstairs, grab a snack, use the bathroom, come back. But then like if something is is wrong, then you have to do it again, and it just takes longer. So yeah, it wasn't like a it wasn't like a like a life ending uh, change of pace, but it definitely. 
slows things down. Then I had to learn how to do it. I'd never done fire simulations in Blender before, so there was a learning curve of just figuring out how to do that in the first place, and and like putting together a good fire shader that looked nice. And you know, I'm still still very much a baby when it comes to shaders. You know, my knowledge of them is very limited, so that's still something I'm learning. Um, and but it's just like it's one of those things that adds on to the development. So it's like every time I want to add a new enemy, I also have to do burning sprites for them. So it's just one more thing you have to consider. Um, and then like you have to, I have to like switch rendering modes when I want to do fire because uh, it doesn't you know I have to use like the cycles rendering system in Blender for that. So it's it's a lot more work, but I think it will pay off in the end. And it's like you only have to do it once. Like I only have to make the enemy burning sprites one time. So I just get it done, get it over with. So it's not it's not so bad. Uh, well. Um... Jason, thank you so much for, for joining me and then telling me all about um, a development of a single man team and your journey in games development. It's been really interesting to listen to um, and also putting up with the, the wonderful, wonderful connection issues we've had tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You may hear there might be some skipping and jumping in conversation. Uh, we had what? This is, our, this is our fourth run? Fourth run at this now? Fourth or fifth, yeah. Fourth or fifth run, we, we had to have a go at this. Um, but we got there, um, and well, well worth. Um, so, Jason, for for those who are listening at home, um, where can they find you? Where can they find Cultic? Um, all that good stuff. So the Cultic demo is on Steam right now. Um, you can just go look for Cultic on Steam and download the demo. It's free. Um, and then you can follow development of the game on my Twitter, which is at uh, JSAWS Games. Um, that's pretty much where I post everything so that would be the best place to and uh to keep an eye on it and then there's a, a 3d realms public discord has a cultic channel in it um and then there's also steam discussions board for cultic so if you have bugs or feedback or anything like that you want to share feel free to contribute i always you know i try to read and and respond to everything that goes into the discord and into the steam boards so um unless you're complaining about the color palette again in which case i will ignore you so just turn it <laughs> off just turn it off if you don't like it love it well, um, again, thank you for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Um, all the all the links for all of that will be um in the description below and on your, your podcast service as well. Um, wherever you may find that, I'm not sure on all of them. Um, go find this man's game and go give it a run. It's a bit of fun. Um, I was quite enjoying myself this afternoon going around murdering cultists. It was a good time, absolutely good. Always time. a good time. Um, if you'd like to find the podcast if you haven't already i mean we've been here for a while you should know um at twitter left underscore pod instagram two left thumbs podcast and you can find the video version of this on our youtube channel which you can find via two left thumbs dot online jason once again thank you for joining me ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening thanks for having me week talk to you next time bye